an industry of this size and this volume and the amount of work that they get done on an annual basis, it's a big ship to turn. Welcome to It's Soil, Not Dirt, an interview-based podcast on all aspects of geotechnical engineering and sponsored by PRI Engineering, experts of soil mechanics. We aim to come in under 20 minutes while diving deep into one question around a single topic. It's particle-sized and meaningful. I'm Janet Jansen, your host, and today we're speaking with Brandon Spiller from Vertex, and you might all know Arashis Denny from PRI Engineering from our first podcast. For, before we get started, a quick note. Today's topic, illegal soil dumping, turned out to be far more wide-reaching than we anticipated. As a result, we split the podcast into two and we'll be releasing the second shortly. Welcome to the show, Arash and Brandon. Thanks for having me, Janet. Always a pleasure to be here, Janet. Looking forward to the conversation. Brandon is a Vice President, Environmental Liability and Closure at Vertex, an environmental engineering services company. Trained as a hydrogeologist, Brandon has been working in the field for over 12 years. Arash, we all know from PRI Engineering, he's the Director of Engineering and has consulted as a geotechnical engineer on countless solar foundation projects. Before we get started on today's topic, it would be a good idea if we could first define what illegal soil dumping is. Who wants to take that? I can take that one, Janet. Uh, illegal soil dumping would be the disposal of soil in a location that is not approved for disposal of that soil. So in many cases, uh, it's uh, when they dispose of soil from a site that they have not properly tested and sampled to determine where the proper location for that disposal should be. So essentially it's taking soil and dumping it wherever they want to dump it without the proper like permission and regulations to do that. That is correct. Now there's a there's a couple reasons why illegal soil dumping is happening. Things that are just making it easier or more enticing or just like even more financially um, sensical to do some soil dumping. So I think I'm going to turn to Arash now and he's going to talk a little bit more about the issues and why we're having, why it's such a big problem in Ontario and even in the rest of Canada. Speaking specifically to Ontario, this is a major issue because we are a resource, specifically aggregate resource rich region. The cost associated with mining virgin materials and pr producing engineered fills versus reusing the materials on site is, uh, is much more cumbersome. So the ease and availability of the resources has resulted in a much more easier construction practice. So that's where the black market comes in. That's where the you know the contaminations come in. Uh, not always are excess soils contaminated, but they are not necessarily always being reused properly. And that is one of the major guidelines, or one of the major goals, I should say, of the regulation that we're going to speak to here shortly, is actually physically reusing the materials on site. And there's always going to be two aspects to that. There's going to be the geotechnical aspect, which somebody like myself deals with, and then there's the environmental aspect, which somebody like Brandon deals with. Brandon, do you have a take on the issues at all? From my perspective, uh, on the environmental side, 
more of the issues come from the generation of liability from moving a contaminated soil from one site to another, where the taker of that soil is not necessarily aware of the liability associated with having contaminated soil on their land, especially in the volume that's being dealt with in the Ontario region annually, which they expect is around 25 million cubes on an annual basis. So the liability that can be generated from that amount of soil being potentially contaminated on virgin land is quite substantial. Can you just give our listeners a bit of a sense of what 25 million cubic meters of soil would actually look at? Like how much soil are we dumping? Or are we moving on, and I think this is an annual basis, right? Uh, the reference that I've heard in the past is to the Rogers Centre, uh, at which that reference has 16 times the capacity of Rogers Centre, equating to 25 million cubic meters of soil. So 16 times the Rogers Centre, that is taking up an awful lot of space downtown when you think about it, and that's all we're moving around. So that sounds like a lot of potential for things to go wrong, but also a lot of potential opportunity to use the soil in a way or reuse the soil in a way that's going to be beneficial to everyone, right? So keeping clean soil where we want clean soil and making sure we properly take care of contaminant soil. So there was a reason just to flip over to some regulatory things. Now, there's a reason why the um, Ontario regulatory body uh, created some rules for uh, soil dumping or moving soil. So, and these reasons are why are because we're moving so much soil and that there was an issue. So maybe we can just lay out what the regulation is. And even I heard there is something about an update to it recently. Yeah, so the... <clears throat> Basically, the the regulation that had gone into effect at the start of this calendar year, January 1st, 2022, um, required any soil that is moving from one location to another to have a paper trail to reference the environmental condition to ensure that the material that is being moved matches the long-term use of the site that it's going to be moved to. Um, so we're actually seeing quite a few dumping sites popping up all over GTA, surrounding GTA, you know, into the more rural areas. And, you know, there's there's potential opportunity there. And um, all because, you know, we're trying to manage this material responsibly now. And just to add to that, Arash, that was a good uh, good overview. Uh, the other component that they have addressed is a tracking system for the haulers and the truckers to ensure that each load of soil that leaves a receiving site or leaves a, a source site is actually going to a receiving site that it's intended to be going to and approved to be going to. And, you know, we I spoke to the opportunities that have been created with the dumping sites. Uh, there's been some even cool technologies popping up. There is now more or less a soils dating app where if you have excess soil at your site, um, you can go to these apps and say, hey, I have material that meets this, this, and this classification. Do you have, who has room to take 50 loads of it, 100 loads of it, one Rogers Center worth of it? And um, it was it's really cool to see what's coming out of this Ontario regulation that's been a provincial initiative. 
Has there been any pushback for this regulation within the industry itself, or are people um, complying fairly well with the regulations? And like, what kind of lead time did they give to to comply? Was it enough, you think, or or was it a bit too short? In terms of lead time, they started talking about this quite a few years ago as they've had several fairly high profile legal cases that really resulted from the mismanagement of excess soil. This regulation started to uh, be implemented and started to be discussed and rolled out to industry in 2018. Uh, so they've had multiple years to go through that component of it. And then they rolled it out in a staged approach. So a component was rolled out at the beginning of 2021, then a follow-up component in 2022 that we're currently working through. Uh, and as an update to that, just recently, uh, they announced that they're proposing delaying the implementation of the second stage of the regulation until January 1st of 2023. Um, I believe you know, based on uh, the context that we have in the industry, that industry is struggling to, you know, deal with the potential delays associated with adhering with the regulation and the additional costs associated with it as well. Obviously, we're in the infancy stages of rolling out the initiatives related to these projects. And, you know, I can tell you firsthandly that we're seeing a lot of customers, particularly municipalities that are just currently scrambling with no idea, you know, how, what's the best management practice here for, you know, meeting the requirements of this OREG. And it's it's adding a lot of stress. It's adding a, another layer of things that needs to be managed, um, documented, and the industry is definitely, I think, struggling to pick up and understand exactly what the responsible thing is to do. And, you know, we haven't quite found the Goldilocks um yet you know everything it's either too soft or too hard right now and just to add to that i think with the an industry of this size and this volume and the amount of work that they get done on an annual basis it's, it's a big ship to turn uh so to speak and this is a big change in how they they actually operate so i do understand that it does take time to adjust on that side of it and and maybe a delay is something that needs to happen for industry to get up to speed with it so um, turning to Arash now, if you were to recommend to say a municipality or a company that has a lot of soil to dump, like what are some geotechnical issues and concerns related to the materials that they're going to be moving on site? And like also, maybe if you were to draw up a plan for a municipality, what would you rec- how would you recommend that they deal with this kind of of issue? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. So. When you're looking, you know, at a very black and white level at um, soils from a geotechnical standpoint, we have structural fills and we have non-structural fills. And, you know, there is a lot of one of the big problems with heavily impacted soils is that they may be contaminated with refuse, primarily in a lot of cases, construction debris and construction debris don't really fit the bill well for structural fill. However, so yeah, don't put your building underneath it. Don't put your road underneath it or above it, I should say. Um, however, you know, there's no reason why you can't plant grass on it. You know, you can put it in landscaping areas. So, you know, a well thought out soil management plan where you're actually thinking about the final use of the, of the soils and thinking about the properties that the soil needs to meet and placing them in the appropriate places based on 
more or less the ingredients you have on your site is is the best way to go because you know my my recommendation to all our my customers at this stage is your best bet is to try to manage this material on site you know excess soil is going to be inevitable but try to limit to it as little as possible because if you limit the amount of excess soil as much as possible it limits the amount of testing and analytical testing and dumping and hauling fees and you know all the all the costs that are associated with getting that material somewhere responsibly when should they start planning for this so say you have a project you're building a high-rise i don't know downtown toronto previously there were maybe some houses there with like some very you know minimum and then you're so you're digging out a lot of a lot of soil at this point so what when do you need to start in the process like is this right away is this the day before you start construction i mean the nice thing is is that this is so um, a soil characterization report um, to develop an excess soil management plan um, is something that should be integrated into the geotechnical investigation process or the phase one phase two process um, which are already traditionally items that are completed very early in the project life so you know the the right mechanism the right tools are already in place in most projects as as we speak it's just a matter of integrating these extra requirements into the projects and making sure that this is being considered early on because you know a misunderstanding of your excess soil management requirements could lead to million dollars of overages if it wasn't considered in the in the preliminary planning and the financial modeling of of a project so essentially, if your geotechnical engineer is not integrating this and in part of the geotechnical report, this is something that you should be asking for from the get-go. And really, like a good geotechnical engineer should be doing this anyways, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it broadens our scope, which is always which is always nice. But uh, but of course, I mean, it, it you know more importantly, it's it is 100% the responsible thing to do. If you are waiting to do this till you know right before tendering or after tendering or right before construction you've missed the boat and you're likely going to end up costing your client and customer a lot of money so this is really a case of paying a little bit more upfront to avoid paying a lot more later and really like running up the cost of your construction to a considerable degree yeah, everything with the subsurface is all about managing risk, and this is just another tool to manage that risk related to soil management. As we said at the beginning of the show, this topic was so rich that we split it into two episodes. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform not to miss the second half of Illegal Soil Dumping, where we look at a specific case example in Ontario. If you would like more information on PRI Engineering, please come visit us on our website, PRIEngineering.com, or follow us on social. Thanks everyone for listening, and don't forget, it's soil, not dirt.